Memorial on Station Rise was funded and built by the North Eastern Railway Company, who had their headquarters in York, and was unveiled in 1924. To commemorate the men who had once worked on the railway, but had died in World War I, they commissioned Sir Edwin Lutyens. This prominent architect designed many famous war memorials, including the Cenotaph in London, the site at which the central commemorations for the war dead take place annually on November 11th at 11am, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the same time and date that the guns fell silent in World War I. Lutyens was also famous for his designs for the Commonwealth War Graves Commission, including the Tiepval Monument. This towering monument was built at the Somme in France to commemorate the more than 72,000 soldiers who lost their lives there, but for whom no marked grave was possible. The construction of the railway memorial is similar to the Cenotaph in London and the Tiepval Monument in that they are built from Portland stone. There are other similarities too. The Stone of Remembrance depicting the phrase, their name liveth for evermore, is the same as that of each Commonwealth war grave. This phrase, a quote from Ecclesiasticus 44 in the King James Bible, was chosen by Rudyard Kipling, who lost his only son Jack in the war. A raised pavement was later added and inscribed with railway workers who had died serving their country in World War II. But the North Eastern Railway Monument is not the central war memorial in York, despite its size and grandeur and having a budget ten times that of the Central York Monument. North East Railway had planned and paid for their monument in advance of the city of York. Thus, there were some disputes as to how and where York would build their own memorial to the fallen. Ultimately, Lehman Road Memorial Garden, formerly Walker's Paddock, was chosen. Ironically, this piece of land was once owned by NER, but gifted to York for use as a memorial garden. It was close to the NER memorial, but not within eyesight. The garden looks out to the Minster and offers some peace and tranquillity for a moment of quiet reflection within the city. Such memorials were important for the people of Britain and around the Commonwealth. Scarcely a family remained untouched by the loss of a loved one in World War I. Over 700,000 British people were killed and it quickly became expensive and logistically impossible to repatriate them. Thus, they were buried in war cemeteries near to where they fell, alongside their comrades. In other cases, owing to the brutal nature of trench warfare, there was no body to return to the families. Such memorials and national commemorations allowed the families of fallen soldiers a place to go, other than a graveyard, to remember their loved ones. Critically, when names of soldiers are inscribed on memorials throughout the Commonwealth, they are listed alphabetically, rather than by order of rank. In death, there was some sense of equality. The memorials and annual commemorative ceremonies became, and remain, steeped in symbolism and ritual. The red poppy, for example, grew wild on the battlefields in France and Belgium, and grew again quickly after the war ended. Poppies inspired the war poet John McRae in May 1915 to write In Flanders Fields, beginning, In Flanders Fields the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row. This poem went on to inspire the selling of silk poppies by the British Legion and worn as a shared symbol of grief and remembrance. The laying of wreaths and the bowing of heads for the two-minute silence is again heavily ritualistic, even sacred, as King has argued. The very act of coming together in a designated space, such as a war memorial, produces social bonds. In more recent times, there's been a more critical view of warfare, 
particularly of the First World War. As early as 1919, the Daily Herald noted the crime which called these men to battle, and the fond, glorious and tragic delusion under which they went. Already a scathing indictment of the inscription on the cenotaph, the glorious dead. Equally searing was the character of Irwin in Alan Bennett's play The History Boys. It's not so much lest we forget, as lest we remember. The futility, the realities of trench warfare, the unprecedented loss of life, and horrific injuries sustained in the war to end all wars were sanitised and even forgotten in the name of memorialisation and commemoration. But the great heroism and sacrifice of these fallen men and women is commemorated every year at sites such as this. And every year we ensure that, at the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them.